Hi everyone, and welcome to A Gem of a Secret Podcast. My name's Donna. And my name is Coco Gem Holiday. How are you doing tonight, Coco? Um, I'm actually doing fabulous tonight. Um, I'm really feeling my oats. I don't know what oats are, but I'm feeling them. You're feeling them? Is your hand dipped in the oats? It is. Oh, apparently I learned that um, there's this, and I don't know what it means, and so listeners, I need all of you to come out um, to like our comment section and help me out with this. So there's this thing in black families, I guess, or black relationships where somebody would dip their hand in water to like before a fight. I don't know what that means. And so um, I saw it in the show blackish and huh. I just, I just really want to know what that means. <laughs> and like, cause I, I do too. I kind of, I mean, I'll, I'll probably look it up, but no listeners, you <laughs> should help me figure out what that means. There's a lot of things in that show that I would be like, huh? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, that's real black. (laughs) I had no idea. Yeah. I was um, raised in an incredibly white family. So, you know, (laughs) I am used to a lot of uh, like unflavored dishes. Party. (laughs) Yeah. um, I, uh, it's funny. I was recently at um, our friend Autumn Rains's place and because like a couple of weeks ago, she had made us dinner and it was not great. And oh. um, she got super mad at my husband, DJ Quirkum, um, about it and told him that she would no longer cook for him. And then I had to literally call her later and I said, girl, it wasn't good, though. Like, I mean, he was rude about it, but the food was bad. When has she ever cooked? That, I know. I was like, you don't <laughs> know how to cook. And then so this like last weekend, like on a Sunday, she cooked for us and I... It was actually really good, but like you can't mess up pastaroni. I, just... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fair. And I do want to clarify. Actually, I did have some pretty good food growing up. My dad was a fairly fairly good barbecuer. You know, maybe oh, barbecue is b- good. Barbecue is good, and that's not an exclusively like one way or the other like racial thing. I think barbecue is just kind of universally good and. There's, it's a skill that anyone can really master, right? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, I agree. And <laughs> I, because I, I, I barbecue pretty decently, but I burn my stuff to the ground. Um, yeah. And I do. And my, my grandmother could cook really well. My mother cooks very well. But mm-hmm. we, as a black family, yes, there's every seasoning known to the human race that goes into See, our food. I love food. that. It's so tasty. And it does bring out all the flavors. And most black families actually don't use as much salt as you think that they do. It's usually just the right amount. Yeah. Yeah. I see. I I love my food extra seasoned. Yeah. I I, I need that. I need some flavor. And actually, I like. It's funny because like uh, there is a couple of places in Portland that actually has some dang good soul food. Erica. Oh, Erica's. Yeah, yeah. Erica's is good. Oh yeah, we just ate there recent. Not well, not recently, but like um, semi recently enough to where I was like, dang, this food is good. Yeah. Huge shout out to Erica's soul food. Erica's soul food is so yummy. Yeah. Um, she has a food cart. She has a food cart. Check yep. it out. There's and one she, on 82nd. Yeah, and she does do catering yeah. as well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Donna, what are you wearing this evening? I am dressed as a soothing lavender plant. <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just really feeling the like purpley pastel fantasy right now. I'm feeling floral and fe- feeling feminine and feeling soft. Oh, that's precious. 
little weirdo. <laughs> what about you? I'm just a tapioca pudding. Oh, okay. Um, I dig it. Yeah, it's groovy. It was mainly just because I was just like really wanting tapioca pudding, but mm. instead of buying it, I decided to buy eight yards of fabric um, to then make this costume that I'm wearing. Nice. And I, nice. I, um, I have my hair. So this white wig that I'm wearing, uh-huh. it swoops to the right like pudding. Tapioca pudding. That would be a good drag name, wouldn't it? Tapioca pudding. Oh, tapioca pudding. Yeah. Oh, that'd be a good drag name. Yeah. Um, any any kind of thing ending in pudding, I, like I think, it. is I good. I love pudding. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, listeners, just real briefly here, I want to ask Donna, what is the one thing you're you are most self self conscious about in drag? Ooh, in drag. Yeah. Like, what's the one thing that you're just like? Because in everyday life, I have like 5,000 things. (laughs) (laughs) But drag. uh, Hmm. I think my shoulders. Is it still? My shoulders. Yeah, it's always it's always been my shoulders. I have very broad shoulders, you know, and I think. I think that still is something that I'm my shoulders and my hairline, you know, it's like, um, it's like, obviously we have wigs to cover that up and like head pieces and stuff, but like that makes like the idea of like any of those coming off during a performance or just throughout the night, like even more like scary. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So it's like typical, I guess it's like typical things that, um, you know, male presenting people, people who were assigned male at birth, um, are like self conscious about if they're trying to present a little more femme, you know? Yeah, I've always had um really um fat people's shoulders, so they sleep downwards. Um, and I've never really I've never really worked out, so I don't have good arms. Um, what am I most self conscious about? If well, so I know the one thing I'm most self conscious about is a wonky eye. Mm. Like, actually, no, that is it. The most self conscious thing I have is eyes. And I don't mean the eye makeup around it. I really do mean, like, the lash. Because, like, lashes can ruin your entire everything, actually. Like, if somebody's looking at it, they're like, oh, girl, why are your eye looking that way? Like, yeah. um, because eyelashes can do that. And, like, so I think I've always been super self-conscious about eyelashes. And then, of course, um, as another one of those T pages, as a couple, you know, one of our earlier posts was about. Um, a tea page just recently came for me about the fact that I don't really wear high heels. And in my 30s, I stopped caring about it as much. Yeah. And the funny thing is I actually wear higher heels now than I ever have. Um, because I hang out with Autumn all the time and she's always in tall ass heels. Yeah. And so just to like make us be on the same level, I started wearing tall Try ass heels. to be heels. somewhat of the same height. Yeah. So I started wearing tall heels and I have finally found some comfortable ones that yeah. work well with my feet shape. But yeah, like somebody came for me about the fact that I don't want to wear high heels. And honestly, like they like it's funny. It's like out of everything about the whole hashtag all drag is valid movement, which, by the way, all drag is valid is not about clothing. It has always been about gender. (laughs) Um, But if we want to roll all drag is valid into clothing, um, I know people keep saying it is ableist to like try to force people into high heels, which to a degree, I guess it could be. But it's more about that, like the one standard that seems to everybody have about drag queens is high heels. Like you can get away with nails, like ripped tights, like bad costumes and whatever, but they want you to be in painful stilettos like the whole night long. I think that is ableist if you have a chronic condition. Yeah. Honestly, I think that is, you don't know someone's medical history. 
Like, yeah. it's not fair to be, like, to pass judgment on someone for not adhering to your, like, elitist... I say elitist a lot on this podcast, I just realized. Um, <laughs> your elitist views of drag, you know? Mm-hmm. I just... I, I don't I don't think that's cool. Like... Well, because we all have different bodies and different shapes and different yeah. sizes and different things that we live with. The very first time I had a gout attack when I was in Portland, um, I got uh, raked through those coals um, because I had a cane... Mm-hmm. And I was like in like my slippers pretty much for everything that I was doing for that yeah. like couple of days when I was like getting new medication and um, and people were just coming for me consistently. And I actually had to say online, I was like, hey, y'all, like I have gout like that's. Yeah. Th- and it's in my feet. And so, yes, I have a cane. I'm still coming out to the gig to give my best life. Yeah. She's going to park and bark and. It's fine. Yeah, and, and a lot of that. It was a lot of it was well received, but then people just have not long memories. Yeah, because I have phantom gout pains um, whenever my foot is in a weird position. Hmm. So, hmm. but uh, let me ask Donna, how are you doing this evening? Well, Coco, I'm excited because we have an interview with someone that you interviewed while at Austin. Yeah. And I'm excited for our viewers to hear it, although I will not be there. I wanted to let you know before the break how I was doing, listeners. <laughs> so uh, tune in for this really groovy interview. Hey, are you kind of sick and tired of going downtown to watch quality drag shows? We're bringing you a specialty drag show to your neighborhood bar at the Montevilla Saloon. It is every last Sunday of the month at 7 o'clock p.m., so you can see downtown drag just in your backyard. Located at 8012 Northeast Gleason Street. Once again, that's 8012 Northeast Gleason Street. Be on the lookout for more information. Drag Danger Zone is a monthly showcase featuring new and established performers every month, every fourth Thursday at Mississippi Pizza, located at 3552 North Mississippi Avenue. This fun cabaret variety show is hosted by Marla Darling, Valerie DeVille, and DJ Awara. For ticket info, find us on Instagram at Drag Danger Zone PDX or Facebook at Drag Danger Zone. And get into the zone. The Drag Danger Zone, that is. It's a podcast. With Coco and Donna, tell a podcast. Tune into what they tell you podcast. With Coco and Donna, tell a podcast. I have a special guest with me today. Vivian is here, everybody. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm tired. I was in the neighborhood. I figured I'd drop in. I know. Just it's so crazy. <laughs> like, you know, Portland is a beautiful place for you to have dropped in. It, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I I dropped in. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, my first question is, what is your full drag name, and how long have you been performing? My full drag name is Vivian Vendetta Sinclair. I've been performing for almost six years now. It'll be six years on August. August. Not August. October thirteenth. So where yeah. did the vendetta come from? Um, so I wasn't. I was never supposed to be a Sinclair. I was just trying to do double V names. So I had like a bunch of stupid stuff like, uh, like Viola, Von, whatever. Like just some stupid. I loved like the alliteration of the V's. Mm-hmm. 
and then my drag mom in Bowling Green, Ohio. And if you don't know where that is, don't look it up. Um, <laughs> it is. They call it the Black Swamp for a reason. It's See. just uh, a swamp town, and it stinks. Um, <laughs> but she was like, "Oh yeah, like you know, like reading different names with Sinclair on the end." And I was like, "Oh, like I don't have to. I don't have to be a Sinclair." And she's like, uh, "No, you're gonna be a, a Sinclair." And I was like, "Okay, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, great." <laughs> so. Okay, work. If I had to go back in time, I would fully change it. Mm-hmm. It's, too, it's too it's too late now, but like I would definitely change it to like Eileen a little or something like that, like something to do oh, with like, funny. like because you know like I do comedy sometimes and I uh, <laughs> should have chosen a name for that. Yeah, I think we like do we all start drag and think that we're gonna be like uh, gorgeous uh, yeah. Yeah, and beautiful. We, we all start like because we all see. It's funny. A lot of us like to pretend like we're inspired by something that's gonna be like. Really like intrinsic, but really like when we all first get into drag, we're like, oh, I want to be, I want to, I want to look gorgeous. I want people to, you know, think that I'm this person or whatever like that. And then like, that's how it always starts. And then, and then later when you actually get established, figured out who you are in drag, because nobody ever understands. And find out the extent of what drag can be, because like we're only given so much at the very beginning. You're given this like sliver of what you can actually. Yeah. Yeah. And it sucks. So like I did, I've, um, I've been on a mythical journey of wanting to change my drag name. And then after getting on Camp Kiki, people are like, well, you can't change it now. That'll mess up your branding. And I'm like, well, no, you can't. Xenon TV with like a message. She would do like a conversation, please. <laughs> and Xenon TV. Yeah. Especially because like, Xenon. What season was she on? And they'd be like, she's dead to us. We don't know what season she was on. Yeah. She's super dead. I they think it's. Funny thing, she's my favorite person. By the way, she's kind of become like muscle bear trade a little bit. Like I just been noticing that. Yeah, she's been on a journey. <laughs> yeah, she's been losing him. I've been gaining him. The pounds that is. I've been <laughs> like, oh wow, you dropped this, sis. Let me put it yeah, inside. Let me put it on my stomach. A um, cheesecake. I shouldn't have. <laughs> I love it. Oh my goodness. So. Um, you were on Camp Wanakiki season three. I was. Which is super exciting. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so let's start with the basic question because a lot of our listeners always want to know this because like, you know, um, in any platform like Dragula, Drag Race or whatever, people want to know like, how'd you get on? And then like, what was your reaction when you got the call? Um, so I like, th- we did the, the, it was obviously like beginning of the pandemic, like the, the deadline for auditioning was like March and then the world ended and we were like, ah. And they extended it. So we were sitting at home bored, and I was like, I could probably whip something up. Um, but I had met them when Toledo Mary's had opened, Toledo Hamburger Mary's in Ohio. I, that's where I was during the pandemic is where I was, like, stationed? Is that – I don't know how we um, – so I met Ashley at the opening of Toledo Mary's and got to perform and do some dumb stuff. And everybody that was there in Toledo was like, oh, you should check out, you know, so-and-so. She does she does dumb stuff. And I was like, okay, that's – so I started that little that that relationship there. Um, sent in my tape. Hopefully it was dumb enough. Apparently it must have been dumb enough at least. Um, and then finally got that call back. I was working at the time as like a hotel front desk person, so I was there until like eleven thirty, and then like had an hour drive home. Mm-hmm. So I got the call one morning at like ten thirty a.m. our time. Mm-hmm. It was in bed, and she was like, I, th- I think it was Sherry, and she's like. Is this Vivian Vendetta Sinclair? I'm like, that's the number you called. Are you kidding me? Like, this is the Facebook messenger you called. Of course it is. <laughs> Who else did you want it to be? Um, so, uh, you know. Is this Tora Hyman? I'm like, no, sorry. This is the wrong number. Close. <laughs> wrong number. Close. So she's like, you're going to, you know, I, something about like, oh, did I wake you up? And I was like, ah, kind of. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Because that sounded like groggy and pissy. I wake you up, and I was like, eh, whatever. She's like, well, you're going to have to get some more sleep at Camp What a Gigi Season 3. And I was like, shut up. It's too early for this. You're relaxed. <laughs> so, like, calm down, Deborah. Calm so, down. I was like, oh. I, like, I, I had just woken up, and I was like, oh, wow, thank you. And she was like, 
are you all right? And I was like, Mary, I just woke up. Like, you, this was the long talk this morning. I'm just pro- I'll be excited in about 24 minutes when I have a cup of coffee. I know. So. I, literally, when I got my call, I was um, in the middle of, oh, I was actually um, in a documentary, like, for some college kid was doing, like, some documentary about okay. and whatever. And, like, so I kept getting this call. And so I, like, went into the other room with my friend. And I was like, oh, God, I think it's that call. And she was like, what do you mean that call? I was like, I think this is the call for Camp Wadakiki. She's like, are you excited? And I was like, I am excited. I was like, but I was I was trying to move to Portland. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, my God. This is going to suck. This is going <laughs> to suck. I was like, because I was moving in. So I got the call in, like, an early April. No, no, no. Like, it was before. It was, like, March or something like that. And okay. I think we filmed in April. And then, like, I moved, like, June 5th. Oh, yeah. Y'all film. Y'all, y'all used to film early. Yeah. Last we filmed year. really early. And I remember I was sitting on my bed. And I got the call. They're like, are you excited? I was like, I'm highly overwhelmed. You said, I do definitely feel right now. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. I have feelings. And actually, the funny thing about it is I had two weeks prior to that, outside of student loans, I had just gotten out of debt. Good for you. Yeah, like I was that's like, lovely. It, well, I'm way back in it now. <laughs> okay, all right. That was, that, but that's this is that was then, and this is now, and that's yes. okay. Yeah, it's, it's a journey. It was a journey because <laughs> I was like, well, because like I just being out of debt means that you don't have any more credit cards or any like this like expendable like expendable income, right? Yeah. So yeah. like getting on the show, I was like, oh shit. Well. Going back in. Going back in. All right. So, yeah. It's like forgetting something in the store as soon as you walk out and just turn right back around with your bags. You're like, all right, I guess I'll uh, lay away. Blue light special. Um, hmm. So, okay. Um, When you arrived at camp, what were your first thoughts? I was the first person to show up. Okay. A day early. Like, they told us, like, you can kind of, like, buffer day, like, from the afternoon on at this point in time. Because we were were still filming mid-pandemic. Right. So, like, we were like... Corn feed, corn feed, cord feed. Um, that was a small toast. Um, <laughs> so essentially, they were like, "You guys can't fly. You have to drive." Mm-hmm. So for me, like in, oh, I'm like, I'm, I moved back home to like Ashtabula area, which is almost the PA border. So for me, it mm-hmm. was like eight hours to where we filmed. Right. Not too bad of a drive. It right. Definitely was not as bad as Kylie Michaels who had to drive like 19 hours. Oh, rough. Yeah. Oh, that was her. That was me. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> not the same journey, but kind of. So. I was like, I don't want to drive around Chicago at like rush hour, but like Chicago, like Chicago is rush hour. Like yeah. that's, there's no good time to go <laughs> to Chicago. Yeah. So, um, I got up like early that morning and drove all the way in. And the funny thing is, is the first people to show up for our season, uh, were me and believe me in who happened to be the oldest and youngest people at camp. Oh, funny. So she, she went into one cabin. I went into the other. Cause I like that day, like that buffer to just kind of like. Not relax, but like get out. Like I didn't want the first day of school jitters like so fast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm a nervous pooper, so like I needed to like (laughs) accustom myself. I was actually on the toilet when you messaged me and said to come up here Uh, to your room in Portland, where we are, hundred percent. Yep, absolutely Uh, in Portland. Portland. Wow, outside I see the the space. That's saddle. Uh, Oh damn! I can see the space needle needle from my house. Uh, (laughs) Effing water. That's all Portland is. It's just water. (laughs) So yeah, like getting there was super like. Got there a day early, like, got my wits about me of, like, where everything was, so it wasn't extra anxiety. And I was like, all right, let's rock and roll. Let's Party. have a good time. And I was like, I'm making top three. <laughs> and, right. uh... So all of you need to actually end um, your season at the time of filming this episode came out on OutTV roughly, like, a week ago? Maybe, no, maybe two weeks ago? Uh, in that in that time frame, yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. so, yeah. Please watch Camp Wadakiki on Out TV. It's actually really cool. They're doing like promotions for it right now. Yeah, and, like, really try to boost the seasons and whatever. They have all 
the current actually I will say the season four season four is actually filmed right now for people who don't know. <laughs> 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 I signed my name on that paper and uh, I would like that was the voice of one Coco Gem Holiday. Uh, <laughs> So, um, camp rejected. Yeah, seriously. Um, my contract is funny. We were all at lunch <laughs> earlier today and they said this comment. They're like, they're also under contract, aren't they? I was the like, NDA lasts forever. I was, I was like, no, that's not a thing. That's not how this works. That's not how that happens. <laughs> but yeah, so they're actually going to all the seasons that are currently out for, uh, first, second and third are all on out TV right now. So yeah. you should definitely go watch it. They did. Um, from what I understand, I did think they had to pull all the seasons from YouTube. I, I think. believe so. I think you can still catch the rec rooms and some of like the bonus features on the YouTube. So like that's still very much so worth a, a watch. Yeah. Um, the rec room. I really enjoyed that we added that our season. Yeah, which sucked because like that's one of the things that people kept saying is like with season two they were like y'all should we have don't, that we didn't know they're like we didn't know y'all because the thing about camp is because you know Vivian's still in their contract. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> it's like you kind of like you kind of build a character like it's still your character but you have to add things onto it for like uh tv stuff like you know like to make this character that you already build that's already larger than life and make it even larger and fit into that shtick because of the drag that we do like that's you know like we're very like character based character driven like ha 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 yeah 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 and it's just was so and so it's interesting because i actually thought your character which is funny i didn't realize that you were the youngest on set was like really realized like it oh, just, thank you so much. <laughs> it just seemed like you were like the second you actually walked up when like and so I'll put it. You'll have a picture on the website at thegemmasecretpodcast.com of what the Vivian looks like. Yes, from the season. but um, the Vivian. The I'm Vivian. from I'm from UK Drag Race. She's from uh, the UK. I always say that the Vivian. The Vivian <laughs> gets in our heads. Um, but I'll put the picture of Vivian up on the website so you can see what she looks like. Cause. Yeah. Mama, that little that head. Piece, how did you come up with the head the headpiece hair thing? Um, I knew that. So okay, so this is free advice for anybody that wants to audition for uh, Camp Kiki going into the future. They see you in the DDF the most amount of times. That's the icon. That's what you're known by through that show. Mm-hmm. If it goes on like a poster, if it goes on a whatever else, that's the look. So like. If, like, you need to put as much effort, if not more effort, into... <laughs> like, you can do all these beautiful talent show runways, whatever else, all that good stuff. But, like, they're going to see you in this every episode at least once, no matter what. Yeah. So, true. Tora... Like, like I was trying to think, like, in my head, like, who had done some... And, like, when they do these drawings, they only do the bust from, like, the tits up. So, like, mm-hmm. it, it needs to be, like, iconic from, like, sternum to head. Like, somewhere in there. Yeah. And I was like, Tora did the head, the, the, the little the hat piece. Who else had, like... Um, like... Eh, Dominique did like the the baseball cap and the braids and whatever, so like mm-hmm. things were like recognizable, just like from the sternum up. And I was like, right. what could I do? What would be fun? And I knew, like I do, I thought I like physical comedy a lot, mm-hmm. so I was like, let me throw this in here and do it. So it just it came about, and I was like, a helmet could be fun. It's very very visual, very like oh yeah. got it. So it was um, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was I, I really liked it. Liked it. I. I thought it was just really, really clever. Thanks. And I appreciate that. Because here's the other thing, too. Is like, so I, uh, from the black perspective here, so my look, obviously, I had an Afro hair. And the thing about Afro hair is it doesn't need to be styled. Sure. Like, yeah. I get, like really, I would just, like, shake it a little bit. Yeah. And it'd be fine for the cameras. And that's what I did. And then I just put a pink thing in it just to obviously add some drag flair right. Right. to it. But, like, I also got away with just, like, when I was ready to go, I'd pop it on a couple of couple of bobby pins and just be good to go yeah but like with you and torah like that whole thing of just like oop it's on and now i'm done like 
That's like four minutes of sleep. Like, I will tell you the the glares that I got at meals when I'd be like, I'd sit it down next to me like it was like a pet rock. And you'd be like, you. They're like pins deep in the back of their head. And you're like, oh, got it. All right. So you want to be clever today? Like, yes. Yes, I do. And you wore. You also did have shoulder pads too. No, I'm just I'm just built like a truck. Um, uh, <laughs> wait, no, but you had like elbow pads too. I had so. elbow pads. Yeah, I had right. knee pads. I had little glovelets. I was trying to go very like Shevel Knievel of Camp Wanakiki. Yeah, it looked very. Um, it, it did actually. Yeah, no, that would kind of. It didn't sense. sell it all the way, but it was like a hybrid like Derby Girl Shevel Knievel like some stupid. I wanted it to be iconic because like you see that all the time and. Yeah, because I actually. So. But here's the thing that's smart about it is so like people don't realize this. There's not there's not like a. There's not a set for Camp Wanakiki. We're actually in the woods. And so it made sense to me, like, the look you put together, because then, like, even if you did fall, you actually had the, the padding. Where, yeah. Like, yeah. that was, like, so when I was, I was like, oh, that is, that's why I was like, that, I just had to stop and just talk about that look. Well, for, like, for the ropes course, like, they, they sent my DDF to, like, the camp directors of the actual camp that we were filming at for, like, the, the high wire, like, ropes course, yada, yada, yada. And they were like can she use this helmet instead of, like, the safety equipment helmet? And they were like, yeah, it's such-and-such certified. Like, yeah, she can use that for, like, her. Oh, wow. So I was able to use legit my helmet for, like, the ropes course, the zip lining, and Mm -hmm. uh, giving away spoilers. (laughs) Only on OutTV. Figure out uh, what happens from there. Go watch it on OutTV. Because here's uh, here's the other two with that as well is, so for, because we did a ropes course in season two, and so I had brought. That That one looked rough. It was rough. And I remember, so I put on, I did this thing, like, because I thought it would be funny, like, being a black person, like, where I put on, like, a, like a nighttime head wrap and just, like, wrapped it <laughs> I in, love like, that. a bun. Yeah. And then that's what I had underneath the helmet. Like, so it just, like, because, like, a normal black girl would have done that anyway, like, right. to wrap her hair up and whatever. Right. And so, like, I, like, because I actually brought more props for my DDF. And when we say DDF, I've said it on the show before, but it's our daily drag face is what it is. And so I had an umbrella. I had a fan. I had that pink head wrap or whatever. So I could mix and match clothing right, depending right. on whatever the hell they needed when other people were just like, well, this is what I have. This is what I brought. And I'm like, well, <laughs> well. Yeah. I mean, well, that, that's the thing, too. Like, everybody, thank God. Well, I mean, do we, do we want to pretend like they haven't seen, like, the show yet? Are we how, – how do you want to – how do you want to spend um, this? I think um, – <laughs> Let's not give away like too many like detailed spoilers about like when you go home or whatever, yeah. or if you win or whatever like that. So like, they were like, okay, um, when we're like we're gonna do like this water challenge, and I would I came into it and I was like, I, whatever, it ta- like if you put me in a boat, you put me in whatever else, I'm getting in the water. Like that's airtime, that's mm-hmm. like the big splash. I'm getting in the water. Yeah. What we didn't know is like, well, you, you can you can watch and see, but like they told everybody to like bring two hairs because you may submerge yourself in water. <laughs> And I was like, okay, work. So I had, like, two different sets of ponytails and whatever else. But, like, some of the girls that had these styled hairs and whatever, like, those mornings were much longer for them because they were trying to get everything. Mm-mm, no, it couldn't be me. No. no. We ended up switching last minute to whatever, like, the mini challenge was, which was perfect. But I get you know. it. Like, I'm one of those girls who does not like to – okay, just in general, like, I don't want drag to take any longer than it has to. That's – uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I would like to feel the fantasy once I'm already fully in it. The, the process up until that point is hell, but once I'm in it, I'm like, work. This work. is lovely. This is, this is great. This if is I could snap so my fun. fingers and be in it, we'd be lovely. Oh, that would be yeah. great. I want a Wonder Woman turn right into that stuff. I just, like, it's, oh, goodness. So what was your, regardless if you won or lost in this outfit, what was your favorite look that you brought for the talent show? Um. And then we'll put a picture of that look on our website. 
I had a couple that I really enjoyed. Um, probably the most iconic one is probably the uh, Sandcastle outfit. It's probably the most iconic one that I've got. But I also enjoyed, like, my rock star look was really fun. I enjoyed my finale look. But the the beach one was what got me the most, like, mm-hmm. traction. People were like, oh, wow, that's lovely. Look good for you. That looks really fun. Wow. So, Muffy was there for, for filming, and she was like, she came downstairs to help me get up into the room that we're, like, shooting this all in. And she mm-hmm. just looks at me, and she goes, how dare you? <laughs> what are you talking about? She's like, we were just talking about it upstairs, that if Muffy Fishbasket were to do this challenge, she would just be the beach. And I said... All right, work. Well, well, then, all right, I'll take it. I said, well, for what it's worth, I did just wet myself. So there's the ocean and the sand and the, it's fine. What was your most hated moment from camp, if it doesn't contain too many spoilers? Well, (laughs) (laughs) so not that one. Um, I don't know. The the day that we were all submerged in in the in the water and mm. I like everything, you came back to the cabin and we just had things strung out on a line like pads, socks, like everything was drenched trying to get it dry enough for the next morning's activity. Oh, so like right. every everybody was like pads, tights, like hanging outside on the the opening like railing of the cabins trying to get everything dry in time. Oh, so because wow. they're like, hey, we're gonna do a water challenge, but also we're not gonna give you any uh, dryers or things. Either. <laughs> Thank, have a good time. Be blessed. <laughs> oh, this is the cleanest water we found in Wisconsin. Have a great time. Oh my god. I don't think uh, that's true. Yeah, and actually, I know that they did say. Um, I was also this girl. I'm, I'm so bad about this. <laughs> they did say to bring copies of everything. I yeah. did not. And I, I don't mean they didn't mean your talent shows. They meant copies of your DDF, like extra hair, extra lashes, extra costumes, yeah. or whatever, and extra. They did give us. Two Camp Wanakiki shirts when you get on the show. And so I didn't have duplicates of anything. So if I lost it, that gone. was – It was gone. Like if you my said hair, it's a character arc. She's gone, left, lost that, gone. I would have literally had to – honestly, and it, like the show, it's not actually like really scripted at all. It's really not. And like – but if I would have lost my hair, I probably would have had to ask them to send me – to take a hike that episode because I couldn't be in DDF anymore because yeah. my hair like if it like blew away or got like destroyed you I said, gotta like, go hi <laughs> yeah like whoops I don't gotta, know how to do gotta it. go <laughs> but I heard in the first season that Alicia actually and as I've watched it again uh, Alicia had like it was never quite in the same outfit <laughs> for DDF <laughs> like it was always just like. Mix and max of pieces. Like, the hair was the same, but it was always just different. In this episode, Elijah will be. Like, yeah, that's lovely. Well, like, our season, they... So, like, the, the walking scene, like, in the opening the intro, like, the mm-hmm. everybody's, like, marching together and whatever. Yeah. They decided to do that at the very end. And I had... Oh. I had... Yeah, 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 yeah. So I had gone through all three pairs of my white tennis shoes already by this point. Uh-huh. Uh, and it, and if you go to the intro and you find the chubby girl with the uh, stoned white shoes, it looks like she wiped them off in somebody's ass. So, like, oh, she's been through it. Like, no, this was the last day and this was the last pair of shoes. Like, let's, let's film it. this the last day. And it looks like I've been, like, I just golf ball washed my shoes in someone's hole. It's awful. <laughs> like, that's lovely. That is a lovely... Gosh, that is. Are you so more of a, of a more of a PG crowd? Because I, I think we just moved to PG thirteen. Definitely, we are more of a PG thirteen rated <laughs> our crowd. I that is. I actually didn't even think about that because I think we filmed ours like the third day in. Yeah. And whatever, which is which is kind of funny because like like and since we're telling you this in this way, that does mean that people have taken a hike fully when you are filming this scene. Correct. <laughs> All right, everybody, look happy and excited. You're like, you know what? You're like, I just took a hike yesterday. 
And <laughs> I'm in on the joke. I know what's going on. I don't. Or when the or the the girls that get sent home early and they're like, "Why should you be the next queen of camp?" They're like, "Are you joking me?" <laughs> you're like, um, "You're like, I won't second. Like, what are you? I'm <laughs> not gonna be like, yeah, but pretend. You're like, I'm gonna pretend like I'm having a good time. No, I'm gonna I'm pretend like where's the vodka? And the, we're gonna really play this game. <laughs> we don't have to pretend. I knew where that was. I knew where that was at. Listen, there was there was some very solid relationships made uh, on on set of season three. Uh, Geneva Convention and I got very close. Uh, Gilda and Kylie got very close. Shanid and Faraz got very close. But the strongest bond that I have seen come out of uh, season three of Kambuana Kiki uh, is America Powers in a beer can. Uh, those that's the strongest <laughs> relationship I've seen. Oh, she wow. was the first one up in the morning and the last one into bed, but she would sneak in, uh-huh. like she would like try to like tiptoe, but she, girl, so like at some point somebody'd be like, turn the light on and get in bed. <laughs> like, we stop trying to creep around, like you're gonna hit something. Oh gosh, girl, none of us are sleeping. Get in bed. Oh yeah, that's the tea. Me and Diana were not the earliest up, but she had to get up early because she was obviously doing. She had to color her beard, right? And oh, so, I didn't think about that. Yeah, so Diana had to like uh, for especially for talent show looks, she would have to scrub it all off and then re put it Damn. on. Damn. Yeah, it was her like, face was mad. Oh, her face was pissed. Oh, like and so and for me, so me and Diana would because like so at the end of. Every day, like, you know, you kind of just relax and you have yeah. a cocktail and whatever. And, like, me and Diana were always, like, the last ones. Like, and I, I don't know why I was drinking so much because it was making it so <laughs> hard to get up the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> but so easy to fall asleep that so night. So oh, easy. God. Especially because, um, so, actually, this is what I want to ask about, you know, how has your community reacted to you being on the show? Um... So, like, from season one, like, it came out, and the messages that I got as soon as season one hit, like, the waves was, like, this is, you need to be on this, this is you, like, you mm-hmm. need to be on, and over in Toledo, like, for the, for the longest time, like, I started drag in, like, Toledo, Ohio-ish area, Bowling mm-hmm. Green, Toledo, all that kind of, that good stuff, um, while I was away at college, which mm-hmm. is where you uh, find yourself or something, I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Um, so I started over there, and a lot of people had told me when I started doing, like, comedy-based things and more camp and more craziness in my earlier years that, like... Mm-hmm you are what this, like, you don't understand what this means yet, but, like, you are what this city needs. Like, we don't have anybody like you in this city. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm just some chubby girl doing an awful mix. Like, it's not, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you don't realize it for yourself in yeah. the moment. So once I got on, it was very, like, the Toledo community was very uplifting and, like, yes, like, you, you, you're you supposed to be there. That's supposed to be, like, you're supposed to be on this thing. Like, mm-hmm. We can't wait to see you win. And I was like, <laughs> uh, stop. Uh, <laughs> you're like, please, no, you should, oh, no God, more. Stop, you shouldn't have him. I'm going to blush <laughs> everywhere. Um, so, and then, like, originally I'm from Ashtabula, Ohio, which is a little, you know, town in the middle of no, like, it's, mm-hmm. it's a, you know, county in the, in, in the, we call it Cleveland, but it's, like, 45 minutes out, so it's not Cleveland at all. Sure. But, um... They were really receptive too, because I started. I brought drag to that city, and we packed that bar every time. It's just a bunch of you know straight white people that just want to see something that's from the big city, and yeah. you know what, you know what I mean. Like <laughs> I get when it, you bring fully. something like that out to somewhere, like they're very appreciative of it, and they don't know everything about it, but they're like, oh, you're you're doing something. Like this is, yeah. I, I can I can appreciate that you're doing stuff. So it it seemed very uplifting and fun. Um, my my the attendance at my viewing parties says otherwise, but. Uh, <laughs> They said, you, you go, Glenn Coco. We're going to stay home today, actually. We're going to – but we love what you're doing. We're, we're just going to watch it at home. Yeah. Our, oh, my gosh. Our viewing parties were not well attended. Um, but, no, I just – the funny thing about it is it's like we – I know that that show in some shape or form 
And this is what I actually think. Like, so if I show this episode to the sugar bakers, I'm going to tell them that they really do need to work with influencers. Like, they do need to pay influencers to talk about Camp Wanakiki because that's kind of how yeah, you do marketing nowadays. And like, and I feel like the second that Camp Wanakiki gets in the like the the sights of like somebody a little bit more famous, like it'll blow up yeah. because. The thing is, the show is, like, good quality enough. Like, the drag is fun. And yeah, And the campers yeah. are interesting enough to where, like, it's just going to blow up. And, like, and they're gonna, it sounds like they're going to keep continuing to move with it. They just need to work on their marketing and promotion to, like, get it in front of the right people. Well, and the thing right now is I think that Camp Wanakiki is a very niche market uh, reality show for in, in the drag community. Because if you're, you know... Oh, you know, hey, do you you like drag? Like, oh yeah, I love RuPaul's Drag Race. Like, that's not what I asked you. So, like, the casual drag fan that yeah. doesn't really know drag on a deeper, you know, feeling they they only know that surface level stuff. And they're yeah. like, they're even just starting to get into Dragula things. And we talked about this on the the way back from breakfast. We were like, <laughs> Camp Wanakiki like campers are very self aware people. I think yes. In terms of like, yes, we were on a, we were on a TV show, but we also know that like. Not everybody knows about that TV show, so we don't have egos about like, oh, I was on Camp Wanakiki. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was on television. Yeah. Um, which like, and we're trying to, we're also trying to spread that 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 growth that like that wide audience of like, oh, I, you know, I love what you're doing. I love what you're yada yada yada. Like, oh, great, you should watch me on this show like online. Like, right. There's more content of me at home, like like while you're at home to see me. Yes, absolutely. I, I think I'm having a stroke. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think now? it's uh, well, I, well, I had toast earlier, but it was. <laughs> But she, it's it's one of those things where like we're very self aware like mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've been like at a show where somebody's like who knows what Camp Wanakiki is and there's just crickets and I'm like let's not do this right now let me perform <laughs> but, I mean but like honestly like let me perform and then let like let me try to like throw it out there once I'm done like oh hey like I'm on this if you enjoyed what I did like you can catch me on this TV show like it's really fun it's yada 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 there's three seasons enjoy yourself dive in. Because um, people just don't know that it's there a lot of the time, too. Right. And well, so... and that's actually how people market podcasts nowadays. Like, so you will be on an interview on a TV show, or you will do something really amazing, or you'll go viral in some capacity, and then you say, oh, well, if you really like that, I have a podcast. Like, that's right. how you market podcasts nowadays. You just don't right. share it because nobody's going to listen to it. Yeah. They'll listen to it if they like you, and that's the same thing with Camp Kiki. So that's a good point. I should actually maybe talk to some of my producers and host friends about that, because, like, Introducing us from Camp Wanakiki doesn't really work unless you're at like the Austin Drag Festival. Yeah, like, that's that's where it works. You want to find the people that are already seeking that out to be like, oh yeah, I love you guys from that. And it's yeah. so I think it's weird for us because we are so self aware. I perform for predominantly like straight white crowds. That's, yeah. that's like like that's geographically that's where I'm at. Like yeah. and I understand that. Mm-hmm. So to be able to come to somewhere like this, like oh, you're Vivian, I'm like no, I'm just no. I mean yes, but like. <laughs> But, like, don't do all that. Like, I'm just, like, some girl with a helmet on. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're, we're so self-aware that we know that it's not, like, this huge thing. So, like, when we're recognized out in public and, like, at things like this, it's super, like, star striking for us as, like... Yeah. I, for me. I don't want to say us. I don't know. No, no, no. It is. I think, well, for some of us who've made it, like, a little bit bigger or whatever, like, it is surreal. Like, being at the Austin Drag Festival, it's, like, they... They really know what that show is because Camp Wanakiki yeah. has done auditions here for multiple years, yeah. and a lot of the people from the show have been at this festival. So, like, like we were just—I was literally just sitting in the van yesterday, coming back from a gig, and I was like, um, "Someone was like, oh, who are you?'" I was like, "Well, my name's Coco Jim Hall." She's like, "Oh my god, I love you! You're just like so..." And like, it was a whole moment, and I was just like, 
and it, it it's, it's so rare for us because it's we so don't get it. I, I mean, it would sound <laughs> like so shady, rare. but like some Karen over at this brunch is like, I love your costume. And you're like, oh, uh, thank you. But like, like, where are you from? What doesn't matter? Here's a dollar. You're like, thank you. I think um, it could have been a five, but keep, but go off, sis. Um, it's your hard-earned money, I guess. Yes, whatever. whatever. This is your husband's money. Give me more of it. Um, yeah, it. Oh so like, so we're not used to that. Like, oh, I loved your your dumb number you did on stage, as opposed to like, oh my gosh, you're so and so. Yeah. We don't. I don't ever get that. So I when I get it, the dumb shit that you do. You, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh, you make art. I'd be like, stop. <laughs> Yeah, stop it. Yes, like, I do. My last number was just poo jokes, but yes, Aww. I do make art. <laughs> I try, that's a good, that's, okay, let's talk about that. <laughs> because I try, if I can, if possible, I try to stay away from pee pee poo poo as much as possible. Yeah. Because I think it's one of those things where like, in the drag community, a lot of like, other people look at look down mm-hmm. on us because they're like, oh, you just make like fart jokes and things. Like your drag is just like fart jokes and sex and stuff. And mm-hmm. that like, I'm like, yeah, well, yours is just a ballad. But and, like, <laughs> and you do it beautifully. But like, so I try to like, I try to make an effort to like, what's funny that's not yeah surface level pee pee poo poo whatever. As I just did a, a fisting talent at National Comedy Queen. As All you right, should. whatever. As as one does. As one does. Um. But, like, yeah, but I think it's, like, I think a lot of us from camp have been able to show the wide variety of, like, what comedy drag can be. And it's yeah. not just, like, that that girl in the scene that's, like, oh, let's do a fart joke. Let's do Boy as a Bottom. And I was, like, okay, relax. <laughs> yeah, just let's, 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 let's calm it down a little bit. So, like, I, um, I like a lot of bait and switch uh, comedy. So, <laughs> and then I do a lot of political comedy. So, like, one of my numbers, actually, I did it at the festival uh, when it was in person at the Austin Drag Festival, what I did, it's a number, it's Party in the USA, but I intermixed it with, like, horrible things that, like, Donald Trump has done. Work. And it just kept going back and forth with that. Work. And it's like, um, and there was this speech about, um, like, this guy had misspoken, said this totally racist thing or whatever like that. So it said, Party in the totally racist, something like that. Yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just kept going back and forth, and it's so jarring for the audience, but it's also really funny. Yeah. And, like, so people were, like, laughing the whole time. Because, like, people don't, and, like, I was, like, dressed like a country, like, you know, United <laughs> States, like, girl, like, and, the, and that's what I did with it. And I just had so much fun with it, and it's because comedy does come in different layers. Yeah. And they think that, the funny thing that they also think about camp, if we're just, if we're going to talk about this. Yeah. They also think it, um, does it involve good makeup? When they're like thinking that people, like people will just like slop on whatever and then like put on like a crazy hair and like a poofy dress and then like do something funny. And they don't really think that there's a lot of art in our makeup skills when most of us actually have the ability to transform into whatever look we need to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of us, and I, I mean, I'll speak for myself, like I know that a lot of my, my appreciation of like that that camp, that comedy drag is based in like that old school rooted glam, like mm-hmm. um, your Carmela Marcella Garcia's, your mm-hmm. uh, Dina Martinez, your Miss Richmond 1981's, like girls like that, mm-hmm. that the names that you've never heard before that you should know. Yeah. Um, but like they like they're just doing these. It's it's this big, larger than life thing, and you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carmela Marcella Garcia is talking about like stuff in her hand and some man in the audience turning him into a puppet like just like stuff like that <laughs> that old like raunchy like I'm not I, there's definitely a, a time and place for like the the trash drag as like a lot of people have called it like yeah you know what I mean like which is a subcategory I think of comedy like it's yeah, self aware so. and fun and so but it's it's not and I think you're right on that too like with it's so interesting how people don't. Um, and this is also what happens too with, especially with camp comedy, 
they also will pigeonhole us a lot into what we're supposed yeah. to do. So, like, for instance, like, we were talking earlier breakfast, like, most of the stuff I'm performing today is has, like, zero camp in any capacity with it because that's just, like, not, like, all of our art grows and evolves. And then also, we don't have to stay in a lane every single performance. Yeah. Sometimes you're, like, yeah. you know, like, sometimes, like, because I'll, I'll go out for a pretty girl pageant and see if I can win that stuff. Or I'll yeah. go out for a comedy girl pageant. And, and you can. And you can. That's yeah. the difference is we can do, we're very versatile people. Yes. And people like, because people sleep on camp in that capacity yeah. too. Like, and I'm like, y'all, y'all don't even realize. And even like most of the acting challenges in Drag Race are like a semblance of what camp actually yeah. is. So like, I'm like, don't sleep on us, y'all. Like, we 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 got a lot coming for you. And no shade, <laughs> but a lot a lot of the pageant girls like can't do what we do. Yeah, because they're they're afraid of. I feel like camp is about taking it to a level to where you could be humiliated. Which is actually what acting is. Acting is like taking it to a level yeah, where you can be Yeah, that's humiliated. one of my kinks. I feel it. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, please, please, please. put on me. <laughs> tomatoes, tomatoes. Hit me with tomatoes. Tomatoes. <laughs> just look out for me. Um, no, and I actually just bought a gown today for, I. by the way, I did not know oh, like uh, that we were, there was a meet and greet that was supposed to be happening today. Because <laughs> I'm stupid. And like, and then I was like reading the thing, and I was like, "Oh, my name is on this thing." It was hidden on the page. I, it was hidden. It was on. It was on like the last tab, and they're like, "They won't look. They maybe they won't know they have other commitments." <laughs> and so I bought this hair that we're both looking at, yes. and then I bought like this pink outfit to go with it. So like, and it's very campy and it's very fun. And yeah, whatever. yeah. And like, because I brought very elegant looks for these period pieces I'm doing. Yeah. But um so one of the round ways we round out our podcast is um and we do it with like a semblance of what people would know. We always ask, um, if you got into a bar fight and we'll use your camp on a kiki siblings, if you got into a bar fight, which of your pick two camp on a kiki siblings, and they could be from any season, that you would want to have in your corner to win the bar fight. It's like a Popeye's combo meal of pick two. All right. Um uh, <laughs> Hmm, from my, from my season? Yeah. Okay. Um, or any season. That's fine. But at least one from your season. Well, I'm just going to stay in my season. Um, I'm Kylie Michaels, 100%. <laughs> Kylie Michaels, 100%. She's definitely on the list because that she what she doesn't do is play. Uh, and, and what... And before and before she whoops her ass, she's gonna read the dog shit out of you. And I was like, oh wow! Like you might just leave and not get into a bar fight. She might just insult you so much you just go home. Um, and I love that for her. And then it's a toss up then between. Uh, see, I love Mima. I, I love Geneva Convention, but uh, she's she's a a park and bark fighter, not a park and bark performance artist. She's a park and bark fighter. She'd be like, come to me and I'll punch you in the throat. But come to me and I'll punch you. I can't get all the way over there. So between it has to be between Geneva and Believe Me In, Mortal Combat style. <laughs> Mortal, why 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 Believe Me In? Because Believe Me In's quiet and it's the quiet ones you have to look out for. Yeah, actually, I did notice that with them at lunch today. Like she she just doesn't like she'd be the one you'd be like yeah I'm, yeah and what are you gonna do and she just goes full on Tasmanian devil mode and just like <laughs> she she levels up right here in front of us and we're like oh you're gonna die we're all gonna die actually it's, oh, that's funny yeah I've never been in a bar I've never been in an actual fight before either. Yeah, I, well, it's funny because, like, in drag, a lot of us, it's like, I remember even uh, Geneva said this today, like, like saying something like, no, 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 it was Xenon. Xenon TV was like, yeah, you know, like, I try to have positive moments in my drag show. I mean, like, if you do step to me, I will lay you on the ground. Okay. 
<laughs> you said don't flex in front of the girls. Don't flex for the girls today. We don't. We know. We get it. You lost a lot of weight and you're and you're hulking up. We got it. I just like, but she said it with a smile. Yeah. So I was like terrified. A Which means bit. you know she meant it. <laughs> Which means nobody's taking her up on that offer and she's waiting. <laughs> I know. Somebody, she's waiting, waiting to have this fighting moment. Oh God, I love it. Um, okay, so Believe and Kylie, Kylie Michaels. Michaels yeah. I, I love Kylie because, like, I, I met her so many years ago, and I want to give her this shout-out because we talked about it today. And yeah. Just, I love her hosting style. I've seen her host shows before, and she's just eye-effing-conic. Like, she's a so monster good. on a microphone. Yeah. She can stand – a lot of it – like, she's over in Colorado Springs right now doing a lot of shows, like, by mm-hmm. herself. But, like, the, not a lot of – they don't realize it's a talent that somebody can stand up and do a two-hour show. Like, three numbers, a two-hour show, hosting, BSing, like – and hold your like hold an entire room of people like she roller coasters them hoes all the way through like I'm gonna make you cry <laughs> we're gonna laugh you're gonna go Ugh, at some point and like so smart so good yeah very underrated she's really really good that's actually one of the things that I found out that could be a talent and Xenon was talking about this at lunch today like uh, the ability to host a drag show well um, is people are just not understanding that that is at the same caliber of a good performance Correct. or. Uh, a good mix, like it's it's a, it's right up there. A bad host can ruin a show. A bad host can, <laughs> and I don't want to talk shit about Portland in this capacity, but I feel like Portland I wish you would. To, Portland needs to also understand, like there needs to be hosting is what I will say this: hosting is what keeps people at a drag show. Yeah, like you, like your friend being in the second set might keep those two people there, but that person who walked by to get a cocktail and then they laughed at the hostess yeah. and got their second drink. Like, the host is what keeps that happening. Yeah, yeah. That's like, I, I just came back from uh, National Comedy Queen in Florida, and so many of those formers are so fast. So <laughs> fast. Like, it puts me to shame. Like, they are so quick of, like, of the mind to be able to say this, do that, and, like, no filter. Here it is. Bam. Like, uh, tricks, like uh, one of the hosts, she has uh, severe diabetes, but was, like, eating the entire time. <laughs> And one of the girl, like, the other host was like, make sure you come back next year when Addison Taylor can only count to eight on her toes. And everybody was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. But, like, that was, like, the atmosphere that she created. And everybody was like, that's funny. That is, that's wild. That's clever. Fast. That is clever. A good host can, like, sometimes you just, like, the numbers almost get in the way of a good host sometimes. You're like, can you guys stop doing numbers so someone can talk for a while? Yeah, seriously. I, oh, I love those moments. I love those moments. Yeah. I, a lot of the, it's funny because I get compliments on my performances, sure, but, like, when I host gigs, like people will be like, "You are so funny," and I'm yeah, like, yeah. The numbers an afterthought for them a lot. Like you, you are absolutely hysterical, and your number was fun too. But like you were, and that's and I love that because that means that I've been holding it down the entire time through. Yeah, because so, you you're working from the second the show starts to what it ends. I hate a bitch. It's like you should do a stand up special, and I'm like, nah. I mean, yes, but no. That's a lot of Vivian Vendetta Sinclair stand-up special coming to uh, Out TV. No, that would be sickening. <laughs> oh my god, I would. Wow, actually, as you said it, I was like, that sounds fun. What's, also, what are some of the, the the old stand-up like shows that used to like at the Apollo and stuff like that? What are some of? We should do that with just like all the camp girls. Ooh, that's a good. All the idea. camp siblings, not camp girls. <laughs> all the camp, camp siblings. I know our inclusive language here. Um, as actually, as we get to the near end of the episode, I always like to have this moment too, where. I ask you, what is a misconception that people have about you that you would love to, like, if, like, say this episode blows up, what would be the one misconception about you that you want to correct for the kids? That's a hard one. Oh, you make... You're like, everybody likes me. You make the guests think. I know. (laughs) Um... That was a really good vibrato. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) 
God. I do a Gilda Wabbit impersonation <laughs> that Geneva Convention adores. Um, singing Miley Cyrus. Anyways, um, I don't, I don't know. Like, I think I don't, that's a good cocoa gem holiday. <laughs> Not stumping the gals. Um, well, because a lot of people. The funny thing is, everybody immediately goes to haters, right? And yeah. Like, and if I was asked that question, like, just to give an example while you, and give you some time to think, if people are like, what's the biggest misconception about you, is, like, um, one thing that's kind of happening recently, because with the pandemic, like, especially in Portland, and kind of around the country, too, it kind of went back to the normal time, because back in the day, drag was 9 p.m. Yeah. Like, 9 yes, p.m. God. is, like, kind of roughly 9 p.m. Yeah. Or 9.30 or 10. And with the pandemic, because everything was closing sooner, drag kind of moved to 7 and 8 p.m. Isn't that so hot? Oh, God, it's hot. Oh, and in it's bed early. by 10 o'clock. Oh, <laughs> And it is, but like, it's also like, I loved going to bed so early. That was so yeah. fun. But what also happened, because I have a nine to five, drag gotcha. starting at seven Bless your heart. is rough, especially if you want to like do something dynamic or crazy or whatever like that. So I've been kind of just doing the same face with different colors because yeah. it's as fast as I can get it on to get to the gig in time. Yeah. And so people are like, they're like, oh, you're not really dynamic. My misconception would be like, I if I have time, mm-hmm. I can be dynamic, but a seven o'clock drag show start or an eight o'clock drag show start does not lend itself yeah. for that kind of a face. Well, and like, like one of my things, like in that same groove, like I tell myself as I'm like, if I'm getting in my head about like me putting a face on, I don't like this, not like that. I literally look in the mirror and I go, they're not, they don't come cause I'm pretty. They don't come cause I'm pretty. Like they come cause I want to be funny and like entertaining. <laughs> yeah. And I like, I don't do like you're the same face every time, but the variation comes in like the stupid numbers and the whatever. Yeah. And yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. This is dark. Let's get into it. I yeah. like it. Yeah. The, probably the <laughs> biggest misconception about me is that I'm confident in my body and in like how I present myself on stage. You do seem incredibly confident. Even the way you talk is incredibly confident. Yeah. Yeah. You're I, like, like, that's not true. <laughs> surprise. I'm an actor, darling. Um, like, I, like, I, I don't like, like, my weight, I'm not a fan of, like, the way that my, like, back is arched and whatever else that I can't help, my neck, my whatever else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my neck, my back. <laughs> you uh, really did, you like, my neck, my back. Like, I mean, like, the way that, like, my feet bow out, like, all kinds of things that I see that I, like, realize, um, I started doing drag to try to find an outlet to feel beautiful. Because oh, wow. I couldn't feel beautiful as Zach. Oh, Wow. So oh, we got real. Uh, listen, I'm giving you the up and down. Ooh, uh, uh, mm, uh. <laughs> <laughs> this this episode's never gonna make the air. It's gonna be flagged. <laughs> and be like, no, I don't know what was happening, but it wasn't an interview. <laughs> I don't know what happened on this episode. Um so yeah, like like that was when I started drag, the first drag queen that I saw uh on TV was Ginger Minge. And I was like, oh. somebody like somebody like me can be that size mm-hmm. and short and stout and like and, and have like a little bit of a back thing and whatever else and still be beautiful. And I yeah. never saw that possible for me. Wow. That's, so that's... I, I'm always fighting towards that. I actually you know it's funny, I actually I started this thing and Xenon Epping hated this by the way. I started this of course phrase she called she did. She hates everything I do. Um, <laughs> we I, get it, you lost a bunch of weight. No, I'm I, I, <laughs> but it was kinda true. Before she lost the weight and she said, I started doing this thing called potato drag and she thought it was offensive to call it that. And oh. I, like so I was calling potato drag. So we all know, and this is not to knock on it. I know I've said it on the podcast before, but just to clue in Vivian here. Yeah. I um it I think sometimes it's a little unfair that, like, some of the skinny girls can go out and, like, something they buy at a sex store, which is just, like, mesh and whatever. Very that. With, like, a cute bra and some hair and a great beat. Yeah. And high heels and, like, call it a day. Yeah. Um, Track number two, costume number three, go for it. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and like, they can change really fast and they can just, like, you know, be out and that whatever. And, like, so I was, like, I was, like, 
bigger girls didn't if they want to have an illusion or whatever for that glam side they can't really get away with the no yeah. like zero body to a degree like i know a lot of people are pushing the envelope to like have zero body and still be beautiful yeah, as a bigger yeah, person yeah. but like me like my body is like because I, I always said to people like my body is a potato when straight men would hit on me i was like this is a potato with toothpicks this is a potato with toothpicks bitch <laughs> potato on toothpicks i'm an upside down turkey leg walking around up in here no ass no legs and just gut yeah it's seriously yeah no ass no legs it's just and i would tell i was like yeah i look like a effing potato and so like i started doing looks that would like kind of cheat it out a little bit yeah. and like make costumes that would like give me hip shape and whatever and bra shaped and whatever. So I still wore a padded bra, but that was the only thing that I was going to wear. And I did it for a little while and it was like kind of getting successful. And, um, but like recently, um, cause I gained a lot more weight because of, we all did during the day. We sure did. So I didn't have anything that worked for potato drag anymore. So I went back to wearing body and I remember my one friend was telling me, she's like, she's like, girl, you just wear so much body. And I was like, that's because I have negative ass. I was like, for this dress to even in. look right, it needs to have something back there to push it outward. You said, if I let on my stomach, my ass would bird bath. I'm not, <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> I was like, I was like, and I was like, I want to be, it's funny, I always say I want to be a woman, but really I just want to look like a shapely human person. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You said the BBL is too expensive. I've looked into it. I legit have, I legit want one. So, but like you said, like I wear two two pairs of pads like to, like together, like trying to get full body, full everything else. So and it's trying to like it's trying to get to a point of like love and acceptance for ourselves and, and whatever. Yeah. Like it's in it, well, I mean, if we, I mean, you can get into the into the community of like all the. Like, I'm not a twink that just go out in a, in a in a cute bikini and whatever else in a wig and like toss it around and be cute. Like I have to try a little bit harder to be like oh she's she's voluptuous but also like gorgeous and and what like it's it's a it's an uphill battle for a lot of us i think it is and nobody talks about it no and they don't talk about and the other thing too is for the people out there for the body positive movement that are like oh no don't that's not the greatest message the thing about that message is also we're in entertainment what Mm -hmm. that means is that's great that i can push that envelope but like the like the skinny girl we were talking about who's like wearing the bra and like the sexy outfit and the whipping the hair around she just made 50 dollars, and then i wore pretty much the same outfit as she did with no body and i made six dollars right and i can't continue that's not sustainable and in front of the right crowd we could also make 50 dollars. but yes. but working in the society of of drag entertainment that we're working in right now mm-hmm. when we're working for these these uh seas of straight people and you know these yes. predominantly you know white straight ladies and whatever yep. else like you don't look like a woman I'm like, all right, give me, all right, got it. Thank you so much. Throw four pennies at me, please. Like, like if well, you tip me more, I could wear more. Um, uh, so like, <laughs> like Sarah McLaughlin loaded in the arms of the angel for just a dollar a day. You too can make me look less like this. T. Correct. Like if you want me to not look like this, give me as much money as you can. Thank God. Um, and like, but that is true, and I think that's part of it. Like, if like body positivity outside of entertainment, I do agree with the original message. Like, yes, you should accept this. You should love this. You should be proud of this. Yeah. In entertainment, it's like we do have to work a little bit harder to give ourselves. Um, on the same level as some of the other girls Ginger Minj is a great example because I remember when she came in for All Stars and she was wearing um, I think she's also the one who also talked about how she doesn't try to course it because of the muffin top that can happen when you the, okay that's nobody talks about that either absolutely yeah because i have to do uh cincher and shaper so i'm stuffing in and bringing up and like yeah trying to, yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, and i wear i wear a top shaper to help with the muffin top from the waist cincher and then i wear several layers of tights to obviously help with any like bottom push-outs from the waist cincher as well yeah and then things like that and i still every once in a while will wear a belt on top of a gown or whatever Fully. to like just 
a little bit more pinch of that curve. And I do feel like the pinch of the curve like gives me like five extra effing dollars. From I agree. Whatever. I agree. And I do believe that like your art should be what you want it to be and it shouldn't be uncomfortable, but I also need to make it sustainable. Yeah. Like it just yeah. has to be sustainable. Yeah. And I feel like the world will maybe change someday. It's like like Lizzo's pushing that envelope and whatever. But even Lizzo, like her body, like not to talk about women's bodies, but even her body um, is curved. She's proportioned lovely. She yeah, she's proportioned lovely. And like as drag artists who are men to women, um, I'm like I said, I'm a potato. Yeah. I don't have what Lizzo has. <laughs> like, Correct. Like, <laughs> and it's gonna cost me a lot of money if I do. <laughs> yeah. I want you to suck it out of my stomach and stuff it in my ass. Oh my god, I've heard that before. <laughs> god, your orgies sound fun. <laughs> it's just me eating in a bed naked. I would pay for that. Um, Five ninety nine on OnlyFans. <laughs> Any more than that, and I'm not down, Vivian. I'm not down. I start rolling in cheesecakes. <laughs> See, that's seven dollars worthy. That's a, that's a band name, Rolling in Cheesecakes. <laughs> <laughs> rolling in cheesecakes. So. Yeah. Um, uh, last but not least, what things would you want to promote? Like, do you have, like, shows or things like that that you want to, like, give notoriety to? Or, like, are you things that you want to market? Um, I mean, obviously, I'm on the social medias. I really enjoy, like, I am I try to be more visual art and all that good stuff. So, like, mm-hmm. I do love the Instagram. So, find me on there. I think it's Vivian Vendetta underscore Sinclair. Mm-hmm. I just broke 2,000 followers. I wish that was more. But I will take it. Mm-hmm. Um I'm on Facebook, all that good stuff. Uh, I'm trying to... I have, I have a uh, monthly show in Geneva, Ohio. And if you've never been, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, the Vacation Destination in Northeast Ohio. We're on the lake. Geneva on the Lake, Ohio. Uh, we do a show once a month, sometimes twice a month, at the Cove Nightclub. So I, that's, I'm very proud of that. We just celebrated five years. And oh, wow. uh, I have some more stuff popping up. If you're over in the Northeast Ohio area, you know, over, over in uh, Pennsylvania area, whatever else... Um, yeah, follow me and try to figure out where you can find me. Do some stupid stuff. I've been I've been getting on many an airplane this year, so I'm very very grateful for that. Yeah. Um, and there's nowhere that I will not travel probably. That's so, fun. I don't so, have my passport. So, so what I'm saying, so what I'm hearing is, if I make it to Ohio, you're going to put me in your show. Yeah, I'm trying to do a thing where I have like. Uh, a Youngstown gig, a, a Geneva, Ohio gig, a Painesville gig, which are all in like 45 minutes of each other, mm-hmm. and do it like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, So cute. that way I can like bring people in and be like, I know that I can get you these gigs right in a row. Right. And they're mine, and I don't have to worry about somebody else like being able to like take care of it for me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. As show producers, you're trying to like, hey, can, can we put so-and-so on your show too? Like they're coming in from out of town, and it doesn't always work because it's not their idea. No, and, or... it's, and it's the funny thing is like I've noticed that it doesn't always work. And yeah. that's what really sucks. I really wish that show producers, because, like, even people would be okay, like, to, like, round out their money for a trip. Like, yeah. this is the paid booking I'm bringing out there. But if you could put them in a tip spot tomorrow because they brought, you know, this drag, that would be super great. And they're like, we're full. I'm like, full what? Full. I, I literally, <laughs> somebody from out of town wants to give you free entertainment. Like, but you're full? <laughs> you're full. How about you cut one of the other hotspot girls? <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> I said what I said. She can do the after party in the parking lot. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my yeah. God. I love that so much. Well, thank you, Vivian Vendetta St. Clair. Thank you. Thank um, you. By the way, I do like the alliteration of the Vs. And is, was, it supposed to be, was it supposed to be a play on V for Vendetta? Because that's what no, it kind of sounds like. No, not necessarily. Because like. it's I'll take it. Vivian Vendetta sounds like V for Vendetta. Well, then, then yes, it was intentional. If, if that's what it sounds like, <laughs> that's what I, it was on purpose. <laughs> Yeah, Scott, we're working smarter, not harder. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, 
I'll have all their social media information posted on a gem of a secret podcast.com. Um, whenever this episode comes out, which will be well after when we filmed it, but this was super exciting. I'm so happy yeah. I got to sit down with you. Me too. They're actually, they're currently ranking number one as my favorite person to have met at the Austin Drag Festival. It's still early. It's still early. <laughs> and they haven't seen me and they haven't seen me in geese yet. I just look like that weird black dude walking around just Stop stalking it. people. Stop <laughs> <laughs> We had a lovely time last night. I don't know. Yeah, it was, it was fun. It was actually, good. and, oh yeah, because you, you do perform, no, you perform after me, so I definitely get to see you. I might yeah. miss... Xenon. I don't know. I don't know if I want to miss Xenon. Well, if that's the case, you have uh, two hours before she goes on. So to the minute. So how bad do you want to see her? Uh, how quickly do you want to get up in his face? Uh, I, I don't. So <laughs> thank you so much for being on. Yeah. And we'll definitely get to hear from you in the future. And we'll tag you on all the things. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Bye. This has been another episode of A Gem of a Secret podcast. The hosts of A Gem of a Secret podcast are Donna and Coco Gem Holiday. You can follow Donna at Donatella underscore my secrets on Instagram. You may follow Coco Gem Holiday at Coco Gem Holiday on Instagram. Original music by Touche Douche and Party Favors. You can follow them respectively at Touche Likes Beef and Party Favors Music on Instagram. For more content, Follow them online at www.ajemofasecretpodcast.com. That is www.ajemofasecretpodcast.com.